Welcome back, my friend. Has it been a long time? I'm not sure. It feels like it, but it always feels like a long time here. Time is long, unending, really, in this castle. Guess that's because it never really began. Unbeginning and unending. Unexisting, even, one might say. But who would be so bold as to suggest such a ridiculous thing, am I right? But here we are. You found yourself in shadow and then heard this music playing in the distance, didn't you? You followed it, for in this castle, music draws spirits like you and I to its source, like moths to a flame. Spirits fly towards music, just to remember, for a little bit, that you can believe in something you cannot feel, see, smell, or taste, and that it can cause a profound change within you, can rattle the foundations you stand on and sweep you away on an invisible wave of sound. Suddenly you are not just what you seem. Suddenly you are the music, and music occurs in that funny thing called time, and it plays with it, like a child with an insect. Music plays with time and conquers it for just a little, so that our hearts can flap their wings and flutter and fly away on shimmering clouds. It can change your destiny, or at the very least, give you the strength to recognize the flimsiness of destiny in the first place. I'm sorry. I've been going on and on and on and on and on and on. Something about this music, I suppose. So, you followed the sound of the music, whether or not you found your trusty candle to help guide you through these dark, and haunted halls, and you saw a little flickering light underneath the crack of a door. You knocked, but I didn't answer because I was too busy listening to the music. You entered anyway, and joined me. Now we're sitting on gilded cushions on the floor gathered around an old phonograph. Its horn turned towards us. But there is no wax cylinder, no record, no disc. 
the needle glides over an invisible something. It does not need to be turned. It is turning on its own. Or I'm not controlling it anyway. Might be another spirit. Who? Well, I'm not sure, you see, but I do have a very good guess based on this very song. Keep listening. Sit with me here in this little music room. Phonograph room, maybe. Song room, I'm not sure what I shall call it. But I will tell you the story as the song repeats itself. This is a very old song. A very powerful song. It belonged to a strange woman who lived in the woods once, long ago. Imagine her now. I will help you. They do not know if she is a witch or an oracle, or a healer, or a saint, or a madwoman, or something else entirely, something unknown. But to those who hear her song, she is the mother. She sits in the woods, content and cared for by the trees, the animals, the people. She is singing a song constantly, but it is an ever-changing song. The song does not end, you see, and no one can tell when it began. She wears the furs of animals who sensed their deaths approaching and flocked to hear her song one last time and died in peace at her feet. Her hair is long, and matted, and woven together like a blanket to help keep her warm in winter. Her eyes are covered by a thin layer of lace, spun from spider webs and white feathers. Her mouth is a violet blue from the berries the birds bring her. She is covered in gifts, it seems. And what you see of her is lovely and ageless, and a little awful in her quiet power, but mostly lovely. It is a simple process, a simple myth, a simple legend, a simple ritual. You come see her, you hear the song change. Is it happy? Is it sad? Is it a song of rejoicing or of lamentation? What does it mean? Does it mean that you are currently inspiring the song as she creates it? Or is it a foretelling of your future? A sample of the emotion you have yet to encounter in your life? 
is the music in a secret language, and she is trying to teach you, warn you, curse you, bless you. There were many rumors that went unanswered, but what was known was that when you met her, everything changed for you. It could be just a little shift in the balance, for better for some, for worse for others. It could be just a slight curve in the road of your destiny. There's that word again. Just a little tweaking of fate. In any direction, towards peace or calamity, again, who knew? That is why you only come to her when you are in need of extreme change. Or if, as was the case of many, you simply wanted to see her and experience awe. Like moths to flame, many heard tell of an incredible and mystical sight. And so, many were drawn to it to bear witness, to see truth. Sit with her and listen to what her song says. In words that make no sense, no language that anyone ever seemed to know or recognize at least. And see what is created from your mere presence. See what fate the music has in store for you. She would sometimes rise and dance to it. Children would love to come and dance with her. And with them she had a serene smile throughout the song. Sometimes someone who was ill or injured would come to her and find their pain or sickness lessened, sometimes cured even, but sometimes not. It depended on whether the song called for it or not, I suppose. No one knew who she was. No one knew her name, but to those who hear her song, she is the mother. Oh wait, no, that's not what the song is about. Forgive me. <laughs> I must have been thinking of something else. <laughs> this song is actually about a spirit at sea. Silly me, how could I have forgotten? Let me tell you that one. For sailors at sea, who dreaded most being lost and alone in the middle of a midnight ocean, with no one there to hear your screams, there was one figure that was somehow more frightful than even that. And because he was more frightful than even the most frightening thing a human at sea could think of, they loved him very deeply. It's sort of like that saying, 
the enemy of my enemy is my friend. For you see, if there is something you fear most in the world, all you need to do is find something even more frightening, and you take away that thing's power. Perhaps that is where this figure came from. Perhaps he was born of the fear of sailors everywhere. Or maybe he was summoned by that fear. Summoned from where, I'm not certain. But in their darkest hour, he would come. The story tells that as your ship begins to take on water, as the fire in every lantern is stifled from the heavy rain, or the spraying of the waves, or the chill of the wind. And as you see the lifeboats crash into the sea, and split apart as though they were made of matchsticks, utter despair comes. And as quickly as it comes, it passes through you. As you face your greatest fear, the fear becomes so extreme, so palpable, so true and deep, that it takes you over completely. And then, it has nothing to do but to leave. Fear like that cannot stay for long. It thrives on shock, on novelty on the dread leading up to it. But once the thing has happened, there is a stillness, a peace, an acceptance. And that is when he comes. He walks on the surface of the water hands in the pockets of his trench coat, regardless of when in time you encounter him. He seems to always be described as having worn what we now know to be a trench coat. And he sings a song. It flies on the wind to your ears, and peace and comfort at not being alone in this the darkest moment you've ever faced washes over you next. As your heart sings joyfully in return, someone is here. Someone is here. Someone is here. He finds you. Whether you're on your sinking ship or treading water in the open ocean. He reaches his hand to you, the song never stopping, not even once. His hand is white as an anglerfish in the gleaming moonlight, and it is beautiful as though it were carved by a Renaissance master. And when you take it, and he pulls you up to stand with him on the water, you observe that it is strong and cold as marble, too. He holds your hand, 
as you watch the ship sink down, down, down. From your place standing on the water. Almost as though you are on steady ground amid the tempest. You watch until it is out of sight. Then, he takes you, step by step, to his place. In the middle of the ocean, pitch black though it may be, you see a light, miraculously. You smell a warm fire. You hear music. You can look at him standing beside you. His face, his eyes, his lips, all white. White as shark skin, smooth as stone, wet from the sea spray, and smiling. Smiling with those empty white eyes. Hair white, curling, changing, growing, writhing, writhing like sea snakes around him. You can't look away. You can't help it. No one can. Just like moths drawn to a flame. He would be horrifying. Perhaps he is. But it cannot be said that there was any ugliness to him at all. He nods in the direction of the tavern. You walk easily across the roaring waves to the door. You hear many voices within, singing that same song, but all at once. And you realize, none of it was an accident. You were meant to come here tonight. Everything is well. Why were you ever so afraid of this? You open the door, and you join in the song, and... Oh, shoot. <laughs> That's not it either. Ah, oh, scatterbrained. I can't believe I did it again. Goodness, no. I'm sorry. I was thinking of a different song. This song is actually one I heard a long time ago. I woke up in the middle of the night, in my bed, and everything was dark and silent. And that was strange because I always left a little light on. It might have been a television. I'm not sure which life I'm referring to right now, but there was always a little light, a little sound, as I slept in that lifetime. Not in this one. In this one, I have taken to darkness and silence. I couldn't have either of those things as I slept. I feared them too greatly. I woke up in the middle of the night, in my bed, and everything was dark and silent. I tried to find a candle. Oh, I'm sorry, back then it was a light switch, forgive me. I found the light switch, felt it with my hand, 
clicked it. But it didn't work. Tried the television remote, wouldn't turn on. And my bedroom door, always closed when I went to bed, was wide open. And I heard a song, far away, downstairs, not from anyone else in the household. Who was here? How old was I? When was this? I don't remember. And yet I have the memory. It's so clear that it's almost like I'm there right now. And it's happening now. And not back then. Maybe it's a premonition and it will happen. I hear the song downstairs, far away, echoing. I enter the hallway, calling out to anyone who might be home, but no one answers. All bedroom doors are open and empty, I can see. Oh, that's right. I am alone in the house. I forgot. I am often alone in the house at this point in time. Why do I shut my bedroom door then? What am I afraid of? I stand at the railing, looking down the stairs towards the main entryway of my house. I can see the front door open, letting snow drift into the hall. I see a shadow of someone standing just outside the door. They are singing. I descend the stairs, shaking, terrified. But why am I not running back inside and closing the door and trying the phone? Because I know it will not work. I know there is no calling, no hiding, no running. I know that now. I go down the stairs because I am drawn to that voice, to that music, that singing, that song. Like a moth to a flame. I stand across from the person in the door who is singing to me. Upon the realization that I was never alone in that house, or any other, I sing with them and smile at the tiny, delicate nature of my greatest fear.
Hello, my friends. This is Kristen Zaza, your writer, host, narrator, podcaster, composer, etc. And I would like to thank you so much for joining me for this episode of On a Dark Cold Night. It's great to be back after a week off. I have a couple of thank yous this week. First off, a huge thank you to a new monthly supporter on Patreon, Elise C. I'm so grateful for you wanting to help me make the show on a monthly basis. If you would like to support On a Dark Cold Night in a similar way, Patreon is a great way to do so. Every supporter at the tier of $1 or more US a month gets access to my complete soundtrack, and every supporter at the tier of $5 or more US, that's called the Kindred Spirit tier, gets that and access to a monthly tarot reading video every full moon and a weekly bonus meditation I release on Thursdays called Quick Moments. You can learn more at patreon.com slash darkcoldnight. The Quick Moment meditations are also available on Apple Podcasts through a subscription to the Sonar Plus channel. For $3.99 a month, you can get those and access to lots of other great bonus content from the Sonar Network. You can subscribe directly through my podcast on Apple, um, on the podcast page for On a Dark Cold Night, or by searching for the Sonar Network, or by going to thesonarnetwork.com. And if you'd like to help out On a Dark Cold Night without any perks or bonus content, you can absolutely do so at ko-fi.com slash darkcoldnight, or by buying a t-shirt or hoodie at bonfire.com slash on-a-dark-cold-night. Another thank you this week is going out to a kind soul who left a really lovely five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks to Rohan653 from the UK. I really, really appreciate it, my friend. Leaving a rating and a review is another great way to support the podcast that is completely free and very helpful. You can do so on iTunes, Spotify, Facebook, or wherever else you like to rate and review podcasts. You can also follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter at A Dark Cold Night, Instagram at Dark Cold Night Podcast, on Facebook and YouTube under the page names On A Dark Cold Night, or on TikTok at Kristen Zaza. These are all great ways to reach out. Also, if you have a question you would like to hear me address in an upcoming episode. Thank you again for listening, my friends. Three mini-stories this week, maybe? Or is it all one story? I'm not sure, I just make them. Either way, sending love, fearlessness, and some music to you this week. Be well, my friends. Good night. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. So